find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. Skin care and plastic surgery are hot topics these days. Let Dr. Rubenstein answer your questions and explain what you'll want to look for in aesthetic products and cosmetic procedures. Get ready for a discussion about all things aesthetic. Now, live from Miami, Florida, American Board Certified Plastic Surgeon, Dr. Adam Rubenstein. Welcome, welcome back to New Reflections. I'm Dr. Adam Rubenstein, and I'm joined by Pamela Howard, and this is New Reflections. We've got a great show this week. Liposuction is probably, uh, year in, year out, consistently in the top three, sometimes the number one procedure performed in the United States. Thousands and thousands of procedures are done uh, every year that involve liposuction. And today, we're going to talk all about liposuction. We're going to teach you about liposuction from start to finish, talk about how it was invented, talk about the different choices you have. You know, when you go for a consultation, there's lots of different options that you can choose from. And we're going to try and demystify, because it's kind of hard to keep it all together and keep it all straight. We're going to try and help you do that. And to do that and give you some up-to-date information on different techniques, we've got two guests joining us today. Dr. Daniel Rennell, who is a board-certified plastic surgeon, he's going to join us to talk about tickle lipo. And uh, we also have Dr. Spiro Theodoru, who's going to join us and talk about smart lipo. Now, today's show is uh, going to be a little different than some of the previous shows. The stuff we're talking about, we're really going to emphasize some of the things that, that are good and, and, and just as much some of the things that aren't so good about the choices of techniques. We're really going to tell you what the truth is about all these different options and help you make better choices if you're thinking about having liposuction. So to start off with, let's talk about liposuction 101. That's our introductory course to liposuction. Liposuction was invented actually by a gynecologist in 1974, Dr. Fisher. But it wasn't really liposuction like we do it today. What it was was a, a hollow cannula, this long tube with a you know open in the middle, and inside that long tube was a rotating blade, and that blade would be used to cut tissue away. And, and this was something that was very similar to what gynecologists had been using for other purposes. And Dr. Fisher had the idea to try and use it on subcutaneous things like fat, and they would use a little rubber tube put through the middle of that metal tube to remove all the stuff that that blade cut away. And that was the earliest form of any kind of fat removal or subcutaneous tissue removal and the, and the use of liposuction to get it out, or, or suction, I should say, to get it out. It wasn't really liposuction like we have today. But then 
1977, Dr. Illouz in France got the idea that you should change the tip of the cannula to be blunt. Before that, they were sharp, so you can imagine you're passing this sharp thing through the skin and then in and out of the tissue, and it's, it potentially creates some issues. Doesn't sound like a great idea, does it, Pamela? No, it sounds a little <laughs> creepy to me, actually, when you describe it like that, especially with your cannula with the blade rotating around. Yeah, that was, how it was all, that's how it all started. I mean, thank God we don't do it that way today. The blunt tips, I know I'm, I'm using, and I think most surgeons, except with the rare exception, use blunt tip cannulas, and that was Dr. Ilu's first contribution. He also was the first doctor to talk about filling the tissues with a little bit of fluid before you did this suctioning. And Dr. Ilu's really defined... Uh, what is modern liposuction, he put saline fluid in, and that all started in the late 70s. So really, it's not that new, uh, a it's not that old a procedure. You know, a lot of the stuff we do in plastic surgery has decades of history, even uh, sometimes over a 100 years of history in terms of when it was first done and it, it, the progress that we've made. Liposuction's really hadn't been around all that long. Now, from 1977, when Dr. Alouz started using his blunt tip cannulas and putting a little bit of saline or salt solution into the, the tissue first, other doctors began experimenting with things like anesthesia, you know, local anesthesia like lidocaine, very similar to Novocaine that you use in the dentist's office, and epinephrine. Epinephrine is a, a drug that helps the blood vessels, the little veins and arteries, mostly the little tiny capillaries and arteries, shrink down to a much smaller size. And we use epinephrine in our local anesthesia to try and limit blood loss. It, try and, it keeps the little blood vessels tiny, they're easier to avoid, they're less likely to get damaged, and if they are uh, cut, then they really they, they help themselves stop bleeding very quickly. So the addition of epinephrine was a critical move in the progress of liposuction because early on, there was a lot of blood loss. It was kind of brutal. You know, like, like I said, Pamela, it sounds kind of brutal. It, it was pretty brutal in the beginning. By using epinephrine, we've decreased the amount of blood loss tremendously. So that, that is what made liposuction a safe procedure. Then in 1985, Dr. Klein, who was a dermatologist, came up with what is known as the tumescent technique. And tumescent liposuction is really what every doctor in the United States does now. Tumescent liposuction today means putting in this saline and lidocaine and epinephrine fluid into the fat first, allowing it to take effect, mostly for the epinephrine effect, and also, if, if you're not using uh, other anesthetics, the local anesthesia, the lidocaine, will give the patient comfort and make it uh, more tolerable. You let that take effect, and then you do your suctioning. And that is what it, it, the world of putting fluid into the tissue is called tumescent liposuction. But when Dr. Klein invented tumescent liposuction, he was talking about putting in two and three times the amount of stuff you plan to get out, putting two or three times of, of that material in. So if you were going to take out 500 cc's of fat, which is a pretty modest amount of fat, you'd be putting in three times that amount, or 1,500 cc's of fluid, which back then may have seemed like something to try and something worth doing, but in the volumes that we're doing liposuction today, that would be a tremendous amount of fluid to put in. And I think, at least in, in my opinion, and I think in the opinion of most plastic surgeons performing liposuction, the original description of tumescent technique 
is excessive. And what I tend to use is what's commonly called the super wet technique. Kind of what you, when you're putting the stuff in, you're putting in about what you think you should take out. And there's a balance. It's sort of like uh, comments about pornography. You know it when you see it. The same kind of thing with this. You know, with experience, you get an idea of when you've got the right amount of fluid in, and you try and have a balance so that what you've put into the body roughly equals what you're taking out of the body, and so you're in, in an even balance. That really is where we stand today. And then, of course, the choices of technology are huge. I personally prefer traditional liposuction, the one where I can see what I'm doing, sculpt things, control it. It's all in my hand. I think you get the most accurate results from what it looks like on the end, at the end of the operation on the table to what the patient's going to look like in the final, uh, at the final end of the healing process. The cannula is in the, the surgeon's hand. You sculpt it, and pretty much what you see is what you're going to get. It also, I believe, is the safest choice because there's no extra power, there's no extra energy is being delivered, so it, it really keeps it simple. And for most patients, that's all you need. The next step in technology is power-assisted liposuction, and we're going to talk uh, about something that's similar to that. Tickle lipo is a little bit similar uh, to, to that technology. You ever heard of a tickle lipo, Pamela? I have, and I have done a lot of research uh, into it, but I have not had the opportunity to witness it in action, actually. And it does sound interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, and I think they call it tickle because the waves, the sound waves that they're using, we'll talk about it later, the sound waves probably feel like you're being tickled. Uh, it might be more in the surgeon's hand than on the patient. But power-assisted, actually, is something similar where the cannula vibrates, or it reciprocates, kind of bobs up and down, and that mechanical movement makes it a little bit easier for the surgeon to get the, the fat out. It doesn't really increase the risk to the patient, so I have no issues with power-assisted liposuction. I just don't generally use it unless possibly I'm going to be doing something with lots of scar tissue. The patient's already had a few procedures before. Then I think there's an advantage to using it. The next step in, in technology is ultrasonic liposuction. Here, here's the idea behind ultrasonic liposuction. Instead of having a hollow metal tube, you take a solid metal tube, and you're passing the solid metal tube through the fat. While you're doing that, it is emitting ultrasound waves. And those ultrasound waves are breaking up the fat cells. As it breaks up the fat cells, it leaves behind all the debris. Once you're done using the ultrasound energy, you then do regular liposuction to remove all the fat. The fat does come out a little bit easier uh, when you've had it broken up with the ultrasound energy. The problem with ultrasonic liposuction is that it increases the risk to the patient because the energy that you're delivering increases the heat, and you can cause burns with the heat that you're using with ultrasonic liposuction. There are a lot of doctors that like using it. I generally don't. Uh, and I think in, in good hands, there's nothing wrong with ultrasonic liposuction. There are claims of skin tightening with it that uh, I really have never seen a, a definitive paper that shows that that's true. And that seems to be a trend of all these technologies. Now, ultrasonic liposuction was refined to try and limit the risks of burning and, and having too much energy delivered to the tissue. And that came out as something called a vaser with a V, vaser liposuction. And vaser liposuction is... Uh, a little bit of an advancement of ultrasonic. It's fairly popular. This is marketed as uh, liposelection, they like to call it, because uh, there are a lot of marketing 
terms and hype. Basically, it's ultrasonic liposuction with a bit of a refinement, so it's a little bit safer. Again, in the right hands, I think it could be a good choice, but there's no revolutionary improvement to traditional liposuction here. The next thing was laser-assisted liposuction, and this was external lasers, not the internal lasers that we'll talk about next. This is a little device that you'd wave across the skin, and you had to treat that area for a certain period of time, and then perform traditional liposuction, uh, and it would help remove some of the fat from the fat cells. We now see that in other uh, treatments that we've even talked about on the show. We talked about Zorona on the show. That uses a low-level diode laser for the same effect, only... In that case, you're not doing liposuction. You're just getting the fat out of the cells, allowing the body to transport it away and, and get rid of it and thereby reduce fat non-surgically. You could also use it as a pretreatment for surgery. Uh, not a big improvement to traditional liposuction there either. Laser liposuction is probably one of the hotter topics now. Everyone heard about smart lipo, and we're going to talk all about that with Dr. Theodoru later in the show. Laser lipo is where you use a very thin little laser fiber and you're passing it through the fat. As you pass it through the fat, you are burning the fat and breaking up the cells and leaving debris behind. Just like ultrasonic liposuction, same principle, same as vaser as well. You then do traditional liposuction immediately following using the laser and remove all this debris and all the fat. The problem that I have with laser liposuction is the same problem I have with ultrasonic or vaser. You're adding energy. You're adding a risk profile to the procedure. By using the laser, there's a possibility of burning skin. There's a possibility of, of delivering too much energy and causing damage. And there really is no documented advantage to using the laser. There are claims of skin tightening, and I have many colleagues that believe that they see more skin tightening with the laser. It's very hard to say that that's true. I can't say it's definitively not true, but I also can't say that I've seen any proof that when you compare laser liposuction to traditional liposuction, that there's any significant difference. In fact, there is one paper that compared the two and did not find a significant difference. There are many papers that just look at laser liposuction and say there's skin tightening there, and there probably is, but you also get some skin tightening just with traditional liposuction. So I don't think that this is a revolutionary change. We're going to talk about it more later in the show when we talk to Dr. Theodoru. Right now, we're going to go to a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the options in liposuction and choosing what's right for you, ways that can be done, and we're going to then speak with Dr. Danielle Rennell. Join us back after this break on New Reflection. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. When you looked in the mirror first thing this morning, did you see a big, wide smile? Or did you find something new to not like about yourself, about what you have to do or where you are? Tune in to the Wellness Journey, guided by Linus of PraiseWorks. Tune in Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Cosmetic surgery is a big deal. Make sure you do your homework. Why? This is not my car I'm working on. I may settle for an okay job on that, but I won't settle for anything less when it comes to my body. 
do your homework. My doctor trained with world-renowned plastic surgeons. My doctor is a fully board-certified plastic surgeon. My doctor is an MD and on staff at several Florida hospitals. My doctor is an associate professor of surgery at a major university. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. People pick a doctor based on trust. You can trust Dr. Rubenstein. He has the experience, knowledge, and artistic touch you're looking for. Call 305-792-7575. That's 305-792-7575. Call today for a free consultation. Dr. Adam Rubenstein, Turnberry Plastic Surgery at Biscayne Boulevard in the William Lehman Causeway, where medicine meets artistry. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. Are you ready to grow your business? Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show with your coach, Rick Corrado. This entertaining talk radio program will bring you the tools to help increase your business. You'll learn sales success, time management, lead generation, business development, life balance, and much more. Rick Corrado is here to help you take your business to the next level. Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show, heard live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. If you have a question or comment for the host or this week's guests, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You can also send an email to info at dr-rubenstein.com. That's info at dr-rubenstein.com. Now, back to New Reflections. Welcome back. Welcome back to New Reflections. We were just talking about liposuction. We talked about the different types of tumescent technique and the different technologies that are available, even the history of liposuction. But one thing is really important, and that's making sure if you're considering liposuction that you're making the right choice in terms of having that procedure done in the first place. That's correct. Uh, as I uh, um, want to point out that liposuction is not for everybody, that uh, especially there is a line between liposuction under local anesthesia in a physician's office and general anesthesia, that a patient's limitations on how much fat can be removed in the office is obviously lower than what can be achieved under general anesthesia. And most of the products that we are discussing today are advertised as liposuction procedures easily performed in an office environment under local anesthesia. Yeah, and that's a big deal. This whole business of doing liposuction under local is just fine for the right patients. If you're a fairly thin person in great shape, in reasonably good shape, if you're in great shape, you're probably not getting liposuction. But if you're in reasonably good shape, you have a few problem areas, and they're small areas, you want to try and tighten them in. And I think that's someone with focal problems, just limited areas, is a perfect candidate to do something in the office. You can even do it under local anesthesia with not, without any other anesthesia, even not even sedation. The three choices that you've got in, in the anesthesia are local, which is just using the tumescent fluid that we put into the fat and nothing else. Sedation with local, which means they put an IV in and they give you some what I call happy juice. That makes you a little bit relaxed and takes it easy, you know, makes you relax, take it easy and, and be comfortable. 
and also rely upon the local anesthesia that we put in the tissue, or general, where you go to sleep and you wake up and we're done. Now, my personal preference for most patients is general anesthesia because you can do a more thorough job, you can be a little more aggressive in various areas, and I think it's safer when you're turning a patient side to side and flipping them in different positions that the airway is controlled, that you have that secure and the patient is safe the whole time and fully monitored. Nothing wrong with doing local anesthesia or sedation in local. I think choosing the setting is important. If you're doing only a little bit of volume, or you're only taking out a little bit of fat, the office is great. It's a very convenient and comfortable way to do it. But if you're wanting to get a significant change and remove a, a pretty good amount of fat, you probably ought to be having this done in the hospital. In fact, in the state of Florida, where I practice, you can't take out more than four liters of material in an office at any time. And if you're doing other procedures, you can't take out more than one liter in combination with any other procedure if you're doing it in an office. If you're going to do the surgery in a hospital, those limits don't apply. But you got to think about how big you are and how much you're wanting to take out. Liposuction might not even be the right choice. You were telling me a story on the break, Pamela, about that patient, the 5'9", and, and how much did he weigh? He was 5'9", and he weighs 280 pounds. Of course, he heard an advertisement by radio of a surgeon advertising an in-office liposuction procedure. It sounded wonderful. He went, he consulted with this physician, and he was given a quote, uh, actually two quotes, uh, that it amounted to $10,000 total for two different procedures. But he's 5'9", right. and he weighs 280 pounds. You know, this gentleman just... obviously needs a lifestyle change. He is not a liposuction candidate, really, at all. He yeah, needs... and, and we all get patients like that in our offices. I'll see, I get emails, just like you, you're talking about that came in an email. I get emails, and I see folks in the office, uh, people that are similar bodies, just way overweight, I mean, morbidly obese, with body mass indexes well above 30, sometimes well above 35. These are very big people that want to reduce their size and they, they view liposuction as an alternative to diet and exercise or losing the weight. In fact, some people think that liposuction is a weight loss procedure. You won't lose weight having liposuction. That's very important to understand. Lipo yeah, that's one of, my, one of my big pet peeves, I'm sorry, is, is that a lot of people hear wherever it is on the internet and whatnot that once the fat is removed by liposuction, it won't come back. That is a lie. <laughs> if, you, if you go hang out at Krispy Kreme Donuts, you will put that fat back. Yep, it I tell patients that all back. the time. They, they think it's magic. They think it's, it's going to, a lot of people just feel that it's, it's the answer for them. And, they, and emotionally, I can understand why. Because it's a simple, seemingly simple thing to do. You just have this operation one time, and suddenly you're going to have the body you always wanted. But it's just not true. You just make sure if you're considering liposuction, you go to a, a few board-certified plastic surgeons, get good advice, and have someone make sure that they're giving you the best advice for you and your body and your goals. Be realistic, be smart, and be safe. Now, let's talk about tickle lipo. Joining us today is Daniel Ronell. Dr. Uh, Ronell, are you with us? I think we're getting Dr. Ronell on the line. Yes, He's, I'm uh, happy to be go. here. Uh, great. Thanks to have you on. It's nice to have you on the show. Thanks. You're going to tell us about tickle lipo. It, kind of sound, it sounds kind of funny. Tell me it what is, tickle is. It's funny. I, I, I prefer the name uh, vibro liposuction. That's what it's called in Europe where it was developed. And it, it's a vibrating type of uh, liposuction. And it causes 
many patients to laugh, which is why it's been uh, nicknamed Tickle Lipo. And I, I agree with you in that large volume liposuction should be done under general anesthesia because you have some metabolic changes that go on. But what's, what I have found with Tickle Lipo is that in the office with local I can take out as much fat as I would under general anesthesia. And the reason is what the, the cannula vibrates. It's actually called nutational infrasonic liposuction, which is a, a description of what a gyroscope does. So this, the cannula, the liposuction cannula, sends millions of vibratory signals to your brain, and your brain is sort of overwhelmed, and it doesn't have any room for pain signals. So this is your, this relies on the gate theory, then. You guys That's are trying exactly to... Right. And the gate theory, for the listeners, the idea is that your brain can only handle, really, so much stimulation. So it's the sort of thing that people rely on. You know, if you're, you're running and you bump into something, and you say so you whack your arm, and you start rubbing your arms. Ah, oh, that hurt. And you rub your arm. Rubbing the arm makes it feel better. You know, the stuff we do for little kids. You That's rub exactly something they right. just whacked. And the gate, the, the gate theory says that because you're rubbing it, that stimulation makes the brain forget about the pain. Right. That's exactly right. So what my patients are saying is their brain doesn't really know how to perceive these vibration signals. So a lot of them laugh because it tickles. Some of them just feel annoyed, like, oh, this is really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not a real positive experience. Man, this is, I, love, I can't wait to see the results, but this is annoying. Yeah, but but then they're awake, and so I show them the fat coming out in the tube, and they're like, oh, my God, this is worth it. And that's what I love about the fact that they're awake is they can turn around and position themselves, and there are no airway issues, like you said. So yeah, that, That's true. I think if you're fully awake, then you don't have to worry about airway issues. And I think it's more of a factor when you're using sedation and local where you don't have – a controlled airway, there's no tube, there's nothing that's that's really securing things, and you might turn somebody onto their side or even with their belly down right. and and really be at risk. If it is an emergency, you've got to flip that person over onto their back and emergently control their airway, and that's not a good situation to be in. But I can see if they're fully awake, that is an advantage to this. But tell me, what are the limitations? What can you not do with tickle lipo? You know, you can't take out too much, you know, more than, like you said, four liters. The most I've taken out is about two and a half liters. And, you know, that's that's a two and a half hour procedure. And so the patient gets bored or they get annoyed. And so that's sort of the limit. You don't, you don't want them to be in your office the whole time. I mean, they're listening to their iPod and they're texting and sometimes talking on the phone. But the, the time is a limit. But anatomically, there really is no restriction if you're a board-certified plastic surgeon. And this is what worries me. Because Tickle Lipo is being marketed to everybody, there are practitioners who, in all good faith, can do a great job on the abdomen and the love handles. But when you start getting around the ribs and the breast and the knee, you really need to understand three-dimensional anatomy. And I would say those that's a limit for people who don't understand that anatomy. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think you're being kind uh, in terms of saying that, that you, know, the, you don't have to worry about the abdomen and the flanks. Pamela, I know this is one of your pet peeves. This is a huge pet peeve for me is how these, all of these, the lasers, all of them are marketed 
mass market and they can they are sold to any licensed medical doctor yeah. and patients need to understand that they these other non-plastic surgeons some of these laser companies claim that they have different specific training programs for them and they have to complete uh, that training program before the laser or, or mach- equipment is set up in their office yada yada I really don't care that physician still does not have formal plastic surgery training right yeah, and that's a real problem. And the thing is, to be fair, the companies that sell these machines have an issue, a restraint of trade issue. They they could choose to sell it only to uh, plastic surgeons, board certified plastic surgeons, dermatologists, but they they do possibly suffer consequences with other doctors that may want to have the technology, and they they can have legal issues not making it available. If they're selling a medical device and they have a, a, a licensed medical doctor, there can be issues. And that's the defense that most of the companies you know, go to when we say, hey, you, you shouldn't be selling this to someone who's a, uh, a pulmonologist because right. they don't know what they're doing with surgery. And right. so I, I think we're all on board with that. Yeah, and, and to be fair, they're not trying to harm patients. They just don't understand what they're getting into. So you know, if an OB is doing liposuction on the breast fold, they don't understand that the rib is a centimeter, that the lung is one centimeter away. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, and, 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 you know, there have been many cases reported of perforations, you know, where you poke through into the abdomen, into the chest, where bad things have happened. And, and I think that that can happen even in the best of hands in unusual circumstances. But you, uh, we, talk, we had a whole show on patient safety. And coming up in the future, we're going to do a show on patient disasters and talk about how these things can be avoided. I think it's an excellent point. The best advice, whether it's typical lipo, smart lipo, traditional lipo, make sure you're seeing a well-trained, well-qualified, board-certified plastic surgeon. Yes, the last thing I want to say about safety is what I love about the tickle lipo and why I resisted the laser lipos is that the tickle lipo doesn't make heat. It's sound waves. And so you can't burn the skin underneath it. And I find that really nice. Well, yeah, they refer to it as infrasonic, but it, I, I saw a video, I think it was maybe your video, it still sounds a little, a little loud. You can probably hear the vibrations of the machine. We've got to go to a commercial break. We're going we're to get back with Tickle Lipo in just a second. We'll talk about why you can hear this infrasonic technology <laughs> and uh, get into even more detail uh, when we come back from the commercial break. You're listening to New Reflections. And we'll be right back after this short break. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Do you know if kidney disease is affecting you? Are your kidneys healthy? You may have kidney disease and not even be aware of it. 26 million people have been affected by kidney disease. Teenagers today are being diagnosed with symptoms such as high blood pressure, diabetes, and obesity. These conditions can worsen kidney health and cause kidney disease. 
Be sure to tune in to improve your kidney health with your host, Dr. Rich Snyder, every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. The information you get on this program could help save your life. If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. If you have a question or comment for the host or this week's guests, please call 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You can also send an email to info at dr-rubenstein.com. That's info at dr-rubenstein.com. Now, back to new reflections. Welcome back to New Reflections. We're talking with Dr. Rennell, who's a board-certified plastic surgeon and an expert in tickle lipo. Now, we were just talking about the idea that this is infrasonic energy that's being put into the tissue. That, that means it, it should be below what normal people can hear. But, Pamela, you were saying it, it's noisy. <laughs> it sounds a little noisy to me. It is. No, it's noisy. I think the infrasonic reflection... Uh, refers to what's happening under the skin, the sound waves that happen under the skin, but the motor itself is a little noisy. I'm sure they'll come out with a, a better one soon. But another thing, you know, what really hurts in lipo is putting in the tumescent solution, you know, the stuff right. that makes you numb. That's what hurts. That's why you need to knock people out. When you use this uh, nutational infrasonic stuff, it doesn't really hurt when you put it in, which is what's nice. Then you wait a few minutes and it's numb, so you you can do just about anything. Oh, that's interesting. So you're you're actually using the vibrating cannula system to inject yes. that that tumescent fluid, yes. as well as do the suctioning. So it actually yes. moves in two directions. That's what's nice about it. Absolutely. That's interesting. So tell us about the skin tightening. How does it compare with tightening the skin after you remove the fat with other techniques? Anecdotally, I think it's the same, but. You, we'd have to do a real head-to-head study comparing it to, I think the laser lipos are really the sort of the, the benchmark because you can overdo it and cause scarring. Um, right. But yeah, I've seen I, I, and that's important, I think. You know, I, 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 I probably feel the same as you, and I don't have experience with tickle lipo, but I've looked at just about every technology. Yeah. And maybe you have some reference, Pamela or Dr. Ronell, that I don't. We'll talk about this with Dr. Theodoru because Smart Lipo is the one that claims that they get lots of skin tightening. I've never seen a paper that showed uh, any significant difference between two techniques. No, there isn't. And, and you know, just because somebody hasn't done the study, it's only anecdotal stuff. And I've seen great skin tightening with tickle lipo. And then in some patients, I haven't seen any. It's just so variable. That's why you need a huge study. Right. Well, well, it sounds like it also depends on the skin 
elasticity of the patient. Yep. Sure, it's up to the patient. And I, there's no good way to do a study comparing the, the two techniques on one patient right. that you know that really would be fair. So I'm not sure we'll ever really have that answer. Yeah. I want to make one more point. We're talking about the non-plastic surgeons and, and other people getting the the machine here. And I just want to emphasize: you need to look at what the doctor offers when you're going for your consultations. We're talking about liposuction, and we're, there's lots of different practitioners that perform it. There are liposuction-only clinics that are owned and operated by non-plastic surgeons. They're all over Miami. I'm sure you have them in, in your town, uh, Dr. Rennell. I know you've got them up where, where you are, Pamela. Mm -hmm. That You've got to be careful. If you go to a doctor's office and you're asking about liposuction, ask if that doctor can do liposuction in a hospital. Yeah. Because if they can't do liposuction in a hospital, the only thing they can offer you is in the office. And that should be a red flag. You should be, you should be worried about that. Right. You want to have someone that, that is choosing the right technique from a big list of techniques that that doctor can offer. But if the only tool they have is in-office liposuction using their, whatever device that they use, there's a pretty limited option list for you. You know, they got, they got a hammer and you're going to be a nail. So make sure that you've got someone who can offer you a wide range. And Dr. Rennell, obviously, as a board-certified plastic surgeon, I know you make the choice to take patients to the hospital when necessary. Right. I'll tell them they need a tummy tuck or, or a mini tummy tuck or, or a brachioplasty, which is an arm tuck. And, and that way I'm not doing lipo on everybody because it's not for everybody. Right, and even making the choice of the amount of liposuction to do, you've done two and a half liters in the office, which is a pretty respectable amount of stuff to take out. Yeah. Uh, if you, and I don't know if you personally perform large volume liposuction, because some plastic surgeons don't, mm -hmm. but if you were seeing a patient you knew you were going to have to take out three to four liters of stuff, you wouldn't attempt that in the office, would you? No, I, I wouldn't, and since I don't do large volume liposuction, I refer them to you know, bariatric surgery or nutritional counseling, because most of that weight is around their visceral organs. It's on the inside of them. Yeah, that Man. could be. That could be. There, there is definitely a difference between internal fat. That's an excellent point. There's a big difference between internal fat and external fat. And everything we're talking about today is the external fat. That's the fat that's between your muscle and the skin. Right. When you see someone, and we've all seen people like this, these big muscle-bound guys in the gym that are, they look like they're in tremendous shape, with a big round stout belly that's tight as a drum, there's not an ounce of fat underneath their skin, but they've got a lot of fat on the inside of the abdomen, which for men is more common than women. Right. So if the fat that you've got is not underneath the skin, but rather it's behind your muscles, liposuction's not for you. You know what's really interesting is looking at the stem cells in the liposuction, because that is going to be the new generation of therapies of putting in stem cells for wound healing, for facial volumization. Yeah, I and agree. One of these liposuction devices is going to be better than the others, and I'm really interested to find out which one it is. Yeah, well, I would agree with you about my personal feeling. and I, Actually, I have some experience with this. I have a colleague uh, here in Miami who is one of the world experts in stem cell harvesting and uh, use, mm -hmm. and... Uh, I personally believe that any technology that's going to break up cells is not the one to be using for harvesting fat. I think you will need to be as gentle as possible, yet there are even differences in the uh, the outcomes 
in the amount of suction power that you use. Right. If you're, if you're using power that's too high, you're going to damage the cells and you're not going to have stem cells. That's, that's a whole other show. And we are planning a stem cell show coming in the future. In fact, uh, we did a show on stem cell facelifts uh, a few episodes ago. So Good. you can listen to that. You just go to the uh, <laughs> iTunes store. We're in podcasts. Look up okay. new reflections in the podcast on iTunes. Good. Getting back to Tickle Lipo. Do you think it's better, the, the results are better than traditional liposuction? I do because, because the patient is awake, I can sculpt more than when they're asleep. Because, Explain. yeah, they can move around, they can actually sit up and look at it and say, hey, you missed a spot. Um, and so I think the results are better, number one. And number two, also... It's better for the patient because they have just one day of downtime. I mean, I did my two receptionists, and they went to work the next day. That's really, really great. Yeah, I think it probably, the, the technologies that try and break up the cells and, and make it easier to get the fat out probably do allow you to be more gentle. But I think if you were to look, and again, this is one of those things that's never been studied. I think if you look at the results from a, you know, qualified hands, Looking at traditional liposuction versus uh, the uh, other technologies that use energies, I don't think that there's going to be a significant difference. But it comes down to surgeon's preference, and you've grown so comfortable with with the tip of lipo that right. I think you know you've you found the advantages. I would have to agree with you. It's not the device; it's the operator. It's oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think right. in the right hands, any of these can do well. And, and that's, again, I, and I hate to beat a dead horse, but it's a very important uh, point. The operator's key. So make sure the people that you're seeing for your consultations are people that have lots of experience doing this procedure, doing it in hospitals, and using other techniques. If, if Again, if all you have is a hammer, all the world's a nail. Right. <laughs> well said. So where can someone go if they're thinking about having tickle uh, liposuction? Where can someone go to get the, uh, the right doctor? Okay, great question. First, go to the, their website just to see who in the country is doing it. Um, I would Google tickle lipo. There's probably 35 people in the country doing it. Um, and then, you know, Dig a little further because, like I said, they sell it to to anybody. So, if it's um, you know maybe somebody who doesn't have experience with head and neck anatomy and you want neck lipo, I would not go there. You know, a board certified plastic surgeon obviously could do anything. So, I'd start with uh, googling the website, go to their website, see who their list of doctors are, and then contact them. See if you can fly out there. Maybe I, I happen to be in, in New Mexico, which is sort of a medical, uh, you know, tourism destination. So it's easy to come out here and go to a spa for a day or two. Other yeah, places, I, think, I think it's reasonable to look around. You want to find, the important thing is that, just what you said, you got to find someone who's got experience with the right anatomy. And so I guess the good advice, Google Tickle Lipo, cross-reference that with any doctor that you're considering. Look again at the American Board of Plastic Surgery the uh, American Society for Pla uh, Plastic Surgeons and even the American Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgery uh, to check to see if your doctor is a member of these organizations, if the doctor is properly board certified as a plastic surgeon, and then narrow down your search. But I, I think that looking at their website is a great place to get started. 
Tickle Lipo. Yeah, it makes me laugh just thinking about it. I can see why. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for being on the show, Dr. Oh, Nell. thank you so much. I appreciate you being here. Uh, we're going to now speak with Dr. Theodoro. I'm going to get him on the line. We have to go to commercial break, but I want to introduce Dr. Spiro uh, Theodoro. Dr. Theodoro is a board-certified plastic surgeon who practices in Manhattan, in New York City, and he is an expert in smart lipo. Are you with us, Dr. Theodoro? Hello, Dr. Rubenstein. I appreciate it. Hey, hey, great to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Uh, we're going to get back after commercial break and talk all about Smart Lipo. And uh, just before we go, tell us what is Smart Lipo. Well, uh, Smart Lipo uh, is basically laser-assisted liposuction. Uh, it was approved in 2006 by the FDA. Uh, first company to uh, bring it to the United States is Sinusure, based out of Boston, Massachusetts. And um, in the beginning, what happened with Smart Lipo? After the approval, it got really popular uh, through the dermatologist, basically here in New York City. Um, the initial issues with it were uh, propagated through basically that we can do this under local anesthesia. You would stick the laser fiber in after putting the local medication in, but the patient's awake, uh, remove the fiber, and at that point, uh, you would expect a 10%, a 10% difference. So the initial, the initial technology was just using the laser to kind of burn the fat, melt it down, and then let the body absorb. Is that right? That's correct. That's exactly that, that's right. That's not what people are doing these days, and that's an important point. I don't want to give this short shrift. We're going to get back to that right after the break. We're going to take a short break, and when we get back, we'll be speaking more with Dr. Theodoru about Smart Lipo on New Reflections. Okay, great. Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. Cosmetic surgery is a big deal. If you need a coronary bypass procedure, you probably want someone you trust and not the biggest bargain in town. You might get more than you bargained for. This is your face and body we're talking about. Do your homework. My doctor trained with world-renowned plastic surgeons. My doctor is a fully board-certified plastic surgeon. My doctor is an MD and on staff at several Florida hospitals. My doctor is an associate professor of surgery at a major university. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. People pick a doctor based on trust, and you can trust Dr. Rubenstein. He has the experience, knowledge, and artistic touch you're looking for. Call 305-792-7575. Call today for a free consultation in a multilingual office. That's 305-792-7575. Dr. Adam Rubenstein, Turnberry Plastic Surgery at Biscayne Boulevard and the William Lehman Causeway, where medicine meets artistry. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. 
The key to well-being and being well lies in creativity. The creative arts transform our minds, bodies, and emotions. Tune in to Healing Through Creativity with your host, Dr. Desiree Cox, Renaissance woman, Rhodes Scholar, medical doctor, and artist. Each program will feature experts on the art and science of creativity and health. You'll discover how the creative arts are also healing arts and how to maximize your creative potential. Tune in to Healing Through Creativity, Thursdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. If you have a question or comment for the host or this week's guests, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You can also send an email to info at dr-rubenstein.com. That's info at dr-rubenstein.com. Now, back to New Reflections. Welcome back to New Reflections. We're here with Dr. Theodoro. We're speaking about smart lipo. Dr. Theodoro, again, board-certified plastic surgeon. He has a large practice dedicated to smart lipo procedures, all done in the office. And we were just talking about the technology behind smart lipo. Smart lipo is one choice among a whole world of laser liposuction devices. It's probably the most well-known and the heaviest marketed. Smart Lipo, when it first came out, as we were just talking about, the idea was you'd take this laser, you'd pass it through the fat, and that was it. You'd let the body absorb the stuff, and you got really modest, I mean, really almost insignificant in some patients' changes. Although it did work, what you saw was not that impressive. So that led to the belief that Smart Lipo is not liposuction. And that was true when the machines were first invented. When the machines first came out and people were doing this smart lipo procedure, there was no liposuction involved. But that was a long time ago. And shortly after those machines came out and those procedures were being done, people discovered that the, the changes were not that impressive. And they started using it like ultrasonic liposuction, like the tickle, or actually not so much the tickle, but the vaser, and other techniques that break the fat cells up first and then using traditional liposuction. So I want to make the point that smart lipo is traditional liposuction with the addition of a laser being used before you do the suctioning. So there's a big misunderstanding that smart lipo is somehow magical and not liposuction. Do you see patients that come to you, Dr. Theodora, that think that there's no liposuction involved? Oh, yes. I mean, not anymore. I think uh, patients at this point are pretty educated uh, regarding uh, smart lipo and what it entails, that there is an aspiration involved. And um, uh, the basic thing is that when the first came out, a lot of people were unhappy because of the fact that we had tightening and uh, all these claims were made from the initial dermatologist. It did get a bad rap in the beginning. There's no question about it. Uh, I think once plastic surgeons start getting their hands on it, uh, they start realizing that, first of all, a 10% result is not um, actually visible to the naked eye in any plastic surgery sort of procedure. Uh, and uh, we, my partner, uh, Dr. Chia, and myself, we got involved in back in 2007. We said, you know, there's something to this. We think that uh, we definitely have to aspirate the fat, and we have to remove it. 
So the initial uh, machines uh, actually were not were not that powerful. Uh, it started improving, and to the company's credit, uh, even though there was a big marketing bonanza, and I think most of it was generated from the doctors themselves as opposed to the corporation. Uh, what happened is the technology started catching up, um, and uh, finally today, the machine they were actually used today, the Smart Lipo Triplex, has nothing to do with the initial equipment. Yeah, no, granted, uh, it's, the uh, technology has definitely come a long way. Right. And I think it is more right. energy. I think it's more effective as a tool. But I wouldn't let I wouldn't let Sinusure off the hook here. I mean, Sinusure is very aggressive in their marketing to non-plastic surgeons. What are your thoughts? And I know that you're you're a training center, aren't you? Right. Don't you train? Yeah. Correct. So you Correct. have you have a lot of these folks coming to you now. I mean, let me ask you frankly. You're making a, a big point about plastic surgeons being the ones that have the knowledge, have the skill, and have the understanding to do the right job. Correct. But you're paid by Sinusure to have these folks come to your office and teach them how to use the machine and, and I guess, basically how to do liposuction that may never have done it before. Right. Well, let me just clarify that. First of all, we allow uh, doctors to come in and watch. We don't train non-plastic surgeons. Uh, Maybe other training centers are like that, uh, but we don't. uh, If someone does not have an experience in liposuction, does have never, never done it before in his life, we're not, uh, you know, it's sort, of, it's sort of like putting the cart before the horse or learning to run before you walk. We do not see those, uh, those actually doctors that come in and have never done liposuction. They go to liposuction courses across the country, which are taught by plastic surgeons, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, uh, for weekend courses. So um, uh, are there dermatologists that do a wonderful job doing liposuction? Yes. Are there plastic surgeons that Listen, do a horrible are, job are. doing liposuction? Yes. Yeah, but, but there one are has to go back in history. All over the country, but the fact, right. the thing that bothers me about this whole thing right. is, and, and we talked about it before, uh, I don't know if you heard that part of the tickle lipo discussion, but yeah, you can't completely fault Sinashore in terms of wanting to sell the machine. Look, they're in business, they're supposed to be making money, but they also have a, 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 a responsibility to the public, and I think there's a, a big problem with the wrong doctors getting their hands on these machines because if they can pony up the dough, they can have the machine sitting in their office shortly thereafter. Well, and liposuction in general is a dangerous procedure, especially if you're doing it under lo- local anesthesia in the office. Add a dangerous piece of equipment like a laser to it, and you've got a double whammy of a lot of things that can potentially go wrong in the wrong hands. Right. I think we all agree. And even though well, you're training folks to get this machine, Dr. Theodoro, I think you'll agree that if patients are looking to get these things done, they ought to be in the hands of a plastic surgeon. There's no question that plastic surgeons have the best training for all of this stuff. As a matter of fact, we're the only specialty in the country of all the specialties that's been trained specifically in aesthetic surgery. Um, and I don't disagree with that. Uh, I'm, not gonna, I'm not a company spokesperson. I think it's important to point out a company's job is to sell machines, and our job is to educate the public. Right, and I, and, think, I think that's right. And, when you say our job educating the public, though, is as plastic surgeons, we, yes. we're really short on time, and, and I would I want to have you back on the show. I've only got a, a, a short period of time left. Sure. The risks of the laser, have you seen skin burns with the laser? Yes, basically, just like any energy, whether it's ultrasound in the past or whether uh, any, type of, uh, any type of machine or liposuction uh, device that has energy, there's always a risk for a burn. Uh, is it a little, probably a little higher than a risk with traditional liposuction? Yes, 
Uh, we get friction burns while we're doing regular liposuction too. But yes, there's always that risk. Sure. Uh, sure. Okay. Well, I, I'm, yeah. I'm really short on time. I hate to okay. cut you off. We're going to come into the end of the show. We'll have you back and we'll talk more about this right. in the future. But uh, I, I think the take-home message here is you need to see a board-certified plastic surgeon for these consultations, whether it's smart lipo, tickle lipo, or any other technology. The technology is only as good as the hands that it, you're putting it into. And if you're with a, a well-qualified surgeon that has experience and proper training and it can take safe, good care of you, you're going to have a good result. Dr. So Theodoro, I cannot we'll have agree you more. <laughs> cannot agree more. <laughs> we'll have you back, Dr. Theodoro, in a future show. I want to uh, let everyone know for next week, Join us next week when we're going to be talking about pre- and post-operative preparation, with the things you can do before surgery and after surgery to make your results better and to make your experience better. We're going to talk all about that in next week's show. Thanks for joining me this week. I hope you learned something about liposuction. Dr. Theodoro, thanks again Thank for joining us. Thank you for having me, Dr. Houston. Hope everybody has a great weekend. This has been New Reflections. Okay, great. Thank you. Hope you stayed informed and entertained today on New Reflections. Please join your host, Dr. Adam Rubenstein, again next Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You can also email the doctor at info at dr-rubenstein.com or visit his website at www.dr-rubenstein.com. And don't forget to join us next Saturday for New Reflections on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a beautiful weekend. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.